Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gehring. And I guess I'm Bobby Howe. Like, Bobby, how are you? Right you are, that is who I you am. are. Why, why did you question that I about yourself? I don't know. Some days I just, I don't even know who I am most days. <laughs> I'm just lucky to be here. <laughs> What's going on? Ah, uh, well. Like good stuff. Good stuff. So my seven-year-old has decided he wants to play the violin. Remember he wanted to play the piano and he right? would play My Heart Will Go On? Yeah. Now he wants to play the violin and specifically he wants to learn how to play Eye of the Tiger on the on the violin, what? There's, there are YouTube videos of someone else, or multiple people doing this. There's a there's a lot of people that play Eye of the Tiger on the violin. <laughs> I don't know why, but he really, really, really wants to learn. YouTube is weird, man. I know like. you can find anything, even things that shouldn't exist, exist on. And we he's on restricted mode, so I mean, this is like. It's, it's not like he has full access to the YouTube. So he's just on restricted Maybe mode. that's the problem. <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> the... I don't know. But he's, he's been talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. So we finally, um, we found a local place in town that rents them. Um, they're only $20 a month. That's very nice. They fitted him. He's a quarter. It, okay, or a quarter, cool. quarter yeah. size, uh, whatever those things mean. Yeah. And then as he grows, we'll be able to switch to different sizes. And right. eventually we'll have it paid off. They just keep applying it until we eventually own one. That's cool. Which is really, really cool. Yeah, of that's them. really nice. And then um, we there's a strings instructor at his elementary school for the older kids, obviously. Right. I reached out to him, and he actually does lessons. He had one opening left, and so Alex is going to start learning the Suzuki method. I don't Very even good. know what these words mean. I'm just saying them. It's a long time it's method. Like I'm yeah. saying French right now, and I don't know French, but. Anyways, he's going to learn the Suzuki me- method. We start this week, and I'm super excited. That's awesome. I Good know. for him. So, and those people that are Facebook friends with us will be able to figure out when we recorded this episode <laughs> based off this conversation right here. So, I'm really excited for Alex, though, because music is a it's a big part of my life. You said he's seven? Seven. Yeah, Just that's turned. about when I got started in thinking. Like, my mom started me on piano lessons when I was a little under three three wow um bad idea because it you don't want to take piano i love my mom you don't want to take piano lessons from your mom and when she was giving the lessons she was giving lessons she's a a fantastic fantastic Mm -hmm. piano player great organist um but it just it she was your mom yeah not the right dynamic right um and so it turned me off for a while and it was about when i was alex's age that i got back into everything um and it's it's a that's a good thing and those are skills that you take with you and not necessarily because he's going to go around playing the violin all the time because that'd be a little he weird might. he might and and if he does he can own that that can be he can that can that's that's good but yeah no <laughs> but, but generally speaking you learn a lot of other things and mostly learn hard work and well, learning how to do that kind of stuff what i love hard. more than anything right now is his music teacher is being above and beyond accepting and supporting Mm -hmm. um she's told him multiple times as soon as you're comfortable you bring the violin into music class and i'm going to let you play in front of all of your friends that's awesome which means the very first day he owned it he wanted to take it to school and i was like i had to explain to him that he's making sounds not necessarily music yet um but he but she is overly supportive and i i love that he's getting that from more than just his family that's awesome yeah i'm 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 excited what's going on with you uh, well, before we get to that, I have what? to ask you why you're wearing two watches. Well, because <laughs> Bobby's sitting here. She's wearing an Apple Watch and then some kind of a round watch. It's a Garmin Vivo Active 3. Why do you need both of these? Well, because sometimes you need to know the time and you're looking at your right arm and sometimes you're looking at your What? No, that's not it. <laughs> so, as I believe we've spoken on the podcast before, I'm a marathoner. Right. And when I go run my long runs, I don't like to run with a phone. I don't like any extra bulk sure. or any extra weight. Um, but I also like to have music okay. and I like to have GPS. Okay. So I have cellular data on my um, Apple Watch mm-hmm. and um, I do have GPS on my, um, my Vivo, my Garmin. And so there is no product currently on the market that will run music and GPS at the same time and last for more than five hours. Oh, that's Sometimes the catch. I run for more than five hours at a time. 
which uh, in and okay. of itself, I realize you're what, a nut. I realize what that sounds like. <laughs> However, those things happen, and so I use when my- you've broken the threshold of running <laughs> for five hours, you might as well wear two watches what? because everybody just accepts <laughs> that, that you're a nut. Dude, you've just lost you've, you're t- <laughs> all your sanity is gone. But anyways, my Apple Watch is my music watch. Okay, my Garmin is my GPS watch, and they both run at the same time. And um, I was gonna say because my Apple Watch can do music and yeah. track me at the same time but i but you, five do, do, hours i don't know i tried to go to just the garmin but there's still some things that i like from the apple watch but oh for there's sure still some things that i like from uh, so i wear both because one really counts my steps better the other and when i'm in training mode i need to have both arms used to being weighted down so equally i'm gonna ask you something really that was way off topic at this point it has nothing it. to do with real estate Squirrel! i'm sorry people but have you ever like just looked at them to see which one, like how accurate they are? Yeah. Are they about the same? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good news. Yeah, they're very close to the same. You told us nothing about yourself. Anything going on in your life? Not really. Nothing? I mean, that, I, I mean, mean, it's almost Christmas. Or is baby girl getting excited? <laughs> She's, I don't know. <laughs> She's excited all the time. Uh, right? I've got great videos though. So, um, uh, she, she, and she is talking quite a bit now. Right. She says like a lot of things. Right. Which is really fun. Yeah. It's a little scary because that filter that I think I mentioned maybe before <laughs> we were recording really has yep. to be, uh, uh-huh. on all the time, especially while I'm driving. That's when it's the worst. Um, well, she's hello is like her favorite word, but she goes, Hello, and it's just the sweetest and most adorable. I'm gonna thing. melt with you doing it, let alone it's if so she does it. Fun. Oh. She's a blast, and she's all over the place, and just like her dad. Oh, we wait. can't. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we can't. Uh, we can't go out to eat right now yeah. without it being a total nightmare, which yeah. is unfortunate because we went a solid 18 months where we could go out. Right? She might poop while we're there, right? And That's you know that we can deal with that. Yeah. Now she just screams and makes us look like horrible people right. to people that don't get it. Right. And you can tell when there are people that don't They'll get it. it. Yep. Oh, They've man. never had children. They don't understand. It's fine. But you'll get It'll come back around. It was, It'll come back around. In short, we're tired. Right. I get it. Uh, you know what I was really excited about? What? <laughs> Sorry. Just to yeah, you're right. good. Um, I got my C2EX pin <gasps> the other day. Yeah. Did you get it from Christian? Yeah. I got one from Christian too. It was awesome. And everybody wanted one. They're, they're, like, they're cool pins. That? They are cool pins. I actually, I feel like they're, they're really nifty looking. And if you haven't gotten your C2EX yet, you really should look into it. It's a really cool program. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Oh. Um, and what is C2EX? What does that stand for? You're just saying letters and numbers. No one knows. If you're curious about C2EX, we did record a podcast with Christian, uh, with Christian Barnes. Um, how long ago was that? That was forever ago. I that wasn't was like here that day, so I don't three know. Three months ago. And we talked about um, the, our NAR's Commitment to Excellence there program. There we go. That is available. So if you just scroll back down and find the C2EX episode with Christian Barnes, you'll learn all about it and why you might want to dedicate a little bit of time. It's a free program, um, and it's a great opportunity to test what all you know and get an additional endorsement so we went backwards let's go forwards oh so what do we have going on today so today we have tim cowden who's the president and ceo of the kansas city area development council also known as kcadc and we're going to talk a little bit about kansas city and what we got coming down the pike yeah and if you were at the commercial forecast event last month you saw him there he was moderating the expert panel and, uh, you know, Kansas City is going through a lot of changes. So I'm really excited to talk to Tim about some of these changes. Got uh, a lot to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Um, should we bring him in? Well, should we do a book bit? Do you want to do a book bit? Do you have a book bit? I have a book bit. Ooh, Ooh okay. okay. So sorry, Tim. You have to wait for my book bit. <laughs> do, 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 do. Bobby's book bit. Casey. So today's book bit is the 5 a.m. club with Robin Sharma. And if I just said the words 5 a.m. and you rolled your eyes at me, you are exactly the person who needs this book. This mm. book helps you get up at 5. Yeah, exactly. Alex, I'm going to buy you like in bulk this book. But it helps you get up at 5 a.m. every morning, build a morning routine, and make time for self-improvement that you need to find the success you want in your life. Do I have to you run like for more than five hours in the morning? If no, I wait, till, wait till I get to oh, my sorry. third takeaway. I'll sorry. tell you how little you have to do to do this. So my favorite quote is 5 a.m. is the time of least distraction, highest human glory, and greatest peace. 
wouldn't you? That's why you don't even know about it because you haven't experienced how That's great a the piece sales is. Sales pitch right there. I know, right? You're like, I'm listening now. I, I saw you perk up. So what I love about this book is it, what it talks about is starting your day with purpose and energy is a pattern that will help you accomplish more and it will increase your mental and your physical health. Okay. Like it, it really sets you off on the right track. So I had three takeaways from this book, of course. The first one is waking up at 5 a.m. with the solitude and improved um, brain state will help you perform like a pro. We, we know from research almost all top athletes, almost all top CEOs, almost all top executives, they start their day 4.30 or 5 o'clock almost every day. Across the board, research has shown that. And there's a really good reason for that is that our brains have a limited bandwidth. Mm -hmm. Shocking. We've squirreled 78 times so far today. <laughs> but our brain's prefrontal cortex, or the part of your brain that makes you worry or overanalyze, it's shut down during the peaceful early hours. So I, you were actually literally just making fun of the going and running for five hours. Right. I can only go running for five hours if I go do it at 4.30 or 5 a.m. If okay. I even wait till 7 a.m., my brain starts telling me it's going to be too hot. You're going to get too hungry. You're not prepared enough. For but sure. If, but if I go out at 4.30 or 5, and I've always joked about it saying before my brain wakes up, I've literally always said that. I can go do it and I can accomplish things. I read this book and I'm like, oh my God, I've been saying that all these years, but I never understood yeah. why. It's my prefrontal cortex is actually not operating yet. And it and my, so my doesn't tell myself, don't you can't do it. So I can perform a whole lot more whenever my brain's not fully awake yet and telling me you can't go do that. I, it's, it's absolutely fascinating to me. That's awesome. Okay, so uh, so all kidding aside, right. I've been trying to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. which for me actually is quite right. an adjustment. Um, and I've been going about four miles um, every morning. Look at you. Here's the catch. Mm -hmm. So obviously conferences, mm -hmm. not getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, not going on a, a four-mile jaunt. That's just right. not going to happen, um, especially not in San Francisco. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Um, and uh, and today, um, when I got up, or when my alarm went off, rather, it was pouring down rain. Yep. Like torrential downpour. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, no. I just turned off my alarm. I laid down and I yep. went to sleep. Because <laughs> your prefrontal cortex was awake and telling you no. It was like, it's you can't handle the rain. Yeah because I'm too sweet, I'll melt. Okay, so my second takeaway from 5 a.m. Club, because we got distracted, shocking, was you need to balance your four interior empires to achieve self-mastery. So we all know about our mindset. We talk about our mindset all the time. I don't need to go there. You know what I'm going to talk about there. But your second interior empire is your health set. That's your physical health. You have more energy, you have less stress, and you're happier whenever you take care of your physical self, like we just talked about you and your four-mile jaunts. Then your third <laughs> part is your heart set. That's your emotional and well-being. Um, you, we have to express ourselves and have healthy emotional attachments. We need to be able to get that out. I t I, when I talk mindset and motivation, I talk a lot about being able to express yourself and having your village. And then the last one is your soul set. That's your spirituality. Um, and it doesn't mean you necessarily have to believe anything. You just need to be able to connect to yourself and whatever it is you believe in. And then finally, the, my third takeaway from the 5 a.m. club is that you need to use the 20-20-20 formula um, to break up your day for success. So you wake up at 5 a.m., you need to spend the first 20 minutes exercising. That helps you think quicker. It gets your blood flowing. It does all of that stuff. Um, the second one, you need to do some reflection and um, meditation. Journal. Focus on the day ahead. And doing some meditation will reduce your cortisol, which will in turn reduce the stress you have. And then use the last 20 minutes to learn. Um, the ultra-rich people, your executives, your, um, your athletes, all of those people, they never stop learning. They're always being coached. So break your day up with um, getting some exercise, doing some reflection, and doing some learning. And your hour goes by like that. But you're, think of how much, no matter what you accomplish the rest of the day, you're going to feel like you actually accomplished something. I do feel like I need to read. This. Is this a good audiobook as it's well? It's a great audiobook. Okay. Yep. It's on Audible. It's 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma. And Robin is a boy, by the way. Ooh. It's important to know. Because <laughs> you're going to get like, whoa, whoa, whoa what's can going I, on here? Can I give a quick app of the day just because you yes! said something about journaling? This is not going to become a thing. I saw you, Amber. Um, <gasps> but <laughs> Alex's apps, Bobby's no, book bit. Oh, my <gasps> gosh. There aren't that many apps. I don't. I don't want to. There are like, that many. There was always there are app, that many apps, apps, but I don't want to have to. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe when I maybe when I come up with what well, is good. But you mentioned journaling, mm -hmm. and 
I'm not the kind of person that just has like a ton of time for journaling. Right. Like I'm, I'm big on affirmations mm-hmm. and I do my ninja nine and all that stuff. Um, so, uh, but I don't have a lot of time for journaling. There's a really great app that is free called Jour, which is J O U R. And every day it gives you a journaling prompt. <gasps> so, and you can, oh. you can tell at what time you want to do your journaling. Okay. So if you want to do it at six thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. you could do that. I typically do mine at night because I can reflect on That's it a little bit. That's I like to too. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, I just told it that I want it to give me an alert at uh, 9 PM mm-hmm. and I do it every day and it's really cool. So it'll just ask you like what you appreciated about today mm-hmm. and then maybe who was somebody that impacted you today and then what you were grateful for from yesterday. Oh, I love that. So it, it, it catches like your, um, what you're immediately grateful for your immediate gratitude, Mm -hmm. and then it has you reflect. Because what you think you were, like, grateful for one day might change when you think about the day Mm -hmm. if it was a little bit further in the past. I got you. I like that. So, jur. Like, journal minus the null. (laughs) I'm going to go French and say jour. Jur. Yeah, because I think it's like a day thing. Oh. Like, the entry du jour. Remember I told you earlier I wasn't speaking French whenever I was talking Suzuki method? That this is exactly that. (laughs) Exactly. We went full circle. Let's bring in Tim. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Whoa, Bobby. What, Alex? What? That water bottle. Oh, where'd you you get the water bottle at? That is really neat. I love it. It's like my favorite thing. People ask me about it all the time. It's my metal ombre realtor water bottle and i got it at the realtor merch store here at kcrer the realtor merch store have you not seen the realtor merch store well, i thought they just had signs and stuff no 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 no. they've got all kinds of amazing things out there things that like you didn't even know you needed like what like there's this um keychain that's got 32 gigabyte uh flash drive just right there in the keychain oh that sounds like a great closing it's sh- gift it's shaped like a house Wow. There's all kinds of blingy pins because we know realtors, they're very high eye. They love their bling. They love to have all that. There's a pepper spray in case, you know, you need to, you know, take somebody down. Smart. Yeah, very safety. It's not Realtor Safety Month yet. However, that's going to be a really good item for everybody to have. Let's see. There's uh, the St. Joseph statues. Have you ever heard about the St. Joe statues? No. Okay. So it's actually something I've seen work over and over again. It's this little statue that you bury in your yard, I believe, at dusk, and then you say a uh, say a little prayer. It's non-denominational, but it's Catholic. Um, you bury Saint Joseph and you say a prayer, and then supposedly your house sells very quickly afterwards. And I can tell you multiple times, I've had houses that sit on the market for forever. We bury a Saint Joe, and within the next week, well, all of a sudden we have a contract out of nowhere. All I have to do is bury a statue of Saint Joe, and my hardest listings will sell. Yes. And the realtor merch store can do that for me. Yes. Yes. Wow. That's the level that we support our Realtor members at. That's amazing. I love it. It's so So where much can fun. we find the Realtor merch store? It's located at the KCRER Leewood office. Awesome. Yeah. Well, next time I'm around, which I guess is right now, as soon as we're done yeah. here. We're going I'm, shopping. We're going shopping. You've got to show me around mm-hmm. the merch store, and I'm going to buy some of those St. Joe statues. We're going to sell all the listings. There we go. All the listings. It's going to happen. Sell it. All right, we're back with Tim Cowden, President and CEO of the Kansas City Area Development Council. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, Tim. Hey, how's it going? It's going. We're happy to have you here. Yeah, we're here. I am thrilled. We're here with you today because there is a lot happening in Kansas City right now. Maybe you've heard, but there's a lot going on. There's a rumor. There's a rumor. We're renovating the airport. The USDA is moving here. A major Kansas City company, Sprint, is going through a huge merger. And we want to talk... Uh, about all that you do today. So let's start with the first to happen in 2017. Kansas City Mo voted to completely redo KCI. Can you give us an update on that initiative? First, thank God we did. Yes, no kidding. thank you. Because we needed a new single terminal in the worst way. Yes. And with regard to the USDA, when we were recruiting them to Kansas City, there is absolutely no way we would have been successful but for the fact that we had approved, or the voters in Kansas City, Missouri, had approved the new single terminal. They told us that. Our final competitor uh, market was Indianapolis. And if you've traveled to Indy, you know what an amazing Mm -hmm. terminal and airport that they have there. And there's a lot of those 
types of airports and terminals across the country that are in markets that Kansas City competes with all the time. So it was imperative that we got that done. So it's exciting, Mm -hmm. and I love driving out to the airport and uh, getting ready to fly off somewhere, and I see how everything has been demolished at mm -hmm. uh, Terminal A. I so love it. Right it's direction. exciting. Yeah, I, I travel probably two to three times a month for different real estate events and things like that. And I just love watching that because I'm, I'm a Southwest flyer. So I'm right over there watching everything going on um, at Terminal A. And it's, it's just crazy sometimes even seeing the difference between when you left and when you came back. Right. They are, they are jamming. Yeah. And um, before long, you know, you'll see things up in the air and structures and, you know, in a couple, two or three years, we'll be talking about moving in there and flying out of that new single terminal. That's, That's going to be awesome. I know. I'm so excited. Now, a little bit of news broke with the airport um, here recently, not specifically related to the airport, I don't think, but we lost the Icelandic air. Iceland air. Yeah, right. Iceland air. So, so what was the story there? Bottom line, they gave us an opportunity to have our first transatlantic flight ever in the history of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And the, the flight went quite well. In fact... Um, the number of flyers that were moving from Kansas City to Europe went up about 75% wow. in the peak month, wow. which was June. What happened was, and you all have followed this like everybody that flies, the 737 MAX aircraft mm. was grounded earlier this year. And the plan was for Iceland Air to fly that 737 MAX from Iceland to Kansas City. And the benefit for Kansas City was that it's a very fuel-efficient aircraft and the number of passengers on that plane, about 40 less than the plane they had to fly in. And they had to go out and lease a 757. A 757 is a much larger plane, and it's older, and it also guzzles a lot more fuel. Mm. So that impacted the route significantly. I see. Right. And um, so Iceland Air came back to us uh, recently, within the last uh, three weeks, and said, we'd like to continue service into Kansas City, but we need a a greater financial backstop to make it happen. And our organization and others that we had partnered with to provide that initial backstop along with the aviation department to provide marketing dollars just wasn't there. Yeah. So it just didn't work out long term. But what we were able to establish was we were able to prove that there is a market for people to fly nonstop from Kansas City to Europe. We need to do a better job of bringing people from Europe into Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you flew, if anyone flew on that, that flight, the experience was it was pretty full moving out. And from time to time, it wasn't as full flying back from Europe. But I believe that the way we position the market moving forward, that we're going to have more opportunities. And in fact, uh, the day of this taping, uh, the uh, leadership from the aviation department is in Europe talking to various airlines, uh, international airlines about Kansas City. And they do that all the time. Awesome. Awesome. So we're really proud of the role that KCADC played in bringing that first transatlantic flight. Yeah, it's a bummer that they had to cut service. But there were things out of um, Kansas City's control and even the airline's control sure. that really dictated that. And we yeah. set the fact that there is a market for it. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, one other time that I heard you speak, um, you had talked about the economic impact of an international flight. And what is the economic impact of one international flight that we have for a year? Well, in, in, in terms of specific dollars, that's that's hard for me to answer just yeah. off the cuff. But what it does is it it puts Kansas City in a different tier of markets. Okay. Prior to the Iceland Air flight, Kansas City was the largest market in North America without direct transatlantic service. So think about that. So markets like even Nashville and Austin, uh, Indianapolis have nonstop flights to, to Europe or major European markets. Sure. We didn't. So we had to prove to the market that it would occur. And what happens was, from an economic impact standpoint, it just opens up many more doors. It puts Kansas City in another tier of markets that it wasn't mentioned in prior to. And my job, my main job as an organization, is to recruit new companies and talent here. Got it. Um, We need that type of linkage to markets outside of the United States. Eventually, we'll get more of that. But the thing is, um, markets like Kansas City, markets our size, are going to have to provide some sort of incentive or financial subsidy to airlines to to do that. Because prior to that incentive, 
the market wasn't being served. So we had to stimulate the market with an incentive. If the market's not responding in any area, Mm -hmm. then you provide an incentive. And that's what we did. Again, I'm very pleased with how the market uh, responded. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a bummer that Iceland Air had to cut the service. But next time, we're going to be in a much better position to um, to sure. seek that and, I, I believe, secure those routes uh, down the road. So what you're saying is we passed the test. I think I think we did. Um, the market will ultimately decide and determine that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you went from 400 people a day flying uh, to Europe from Kansas City to about 800, wow. that's, that's significant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the marketing of that flight... Uh, it was late the first season. It took a little while to get people even aware that you could do that. But there was momentum. And again, it's unfortunate that uh, some things outside of the market's control sure. played a role. But that's the way that's what happens that's sometimes. Right. So while we're still talking about the airport, what is the overall economic impact we're going to have on Kansas City just by revitalizing our airport that was so desperately needed other than just the bringing us back up status quo what's the additional benefits we're going to see here in kansas city oh i I think you'll will find that kansas city now will be able to compete uh for more companies different types of companies tech companies in particular uh for talent uh that's evaluating companies in our market so we have executives or or individuals that might be considering a move to kansas city you think about it that terminal and that airport is the first and most importantly, last impression anyone mm-hmm. has. Yeah. And we know that it can be very convenient for us that live in Kansas City. I mean, I've loved it for the last 20 years. But the longer that you stay in one of those two terminals now, the worse your experience. <laughs> it's true. Yes. I mean, if I can buzz in and out mm-hmm. and I'm not there very long, hey, that, this is yeah. great, right? Yeah. But if I got to hang out there for any extended period of time or imagine you're flying from California to Baltimore on Southwest. You said you're a Southwest mm-hmm. flyer and you have to change planes in Kansas City and yep. hang out for a while. You're thinking, where am I? I've heard you those know? people talking. Right. They get off the plane and they're like, what is, what have I walked into? <laughs> I even had a friend of mine um, from Chicago. You know, he's, he flies in and out of Midway or uh, O'Hare. He's not a Midway guy. Um, he flew in recently and he got off the plane and I could see him through the glass and he was like, what? Like he thought it was cool, but yet he was like, how could you basically walk onto the plane with me? And I was like, that's what we do here. There is such a major, (laughs) and there's such a major disconnect Mm -hmm. between the experience that people have at KCI presently versus the experience they have when they get into our region and into our city Mm -hmm. because it's amazing. That's right. And when we bring people in, they're blown away. I mean, they're blown away by what's happening in downtown, in Johnson County. I mean, you've been to Lee Summit recently? Oh, yeah. They're down. It's awesome. Liberty, mm-hmm. I could go on and on. There's so many cool places to live here and to experience what we know is a tremendous quality of life. But that airport terminal was just, I mean, unbelievably disconnected from that experience. That's going to change. And it's already happening because we're able to sell to that now. Mm -hmm. Uh, The USDA, great example. Uh, We told them that the experience that you had flying in and out, I mean, we're making excuses Mm -hmm. for the the condition of the terminal. So that's going to change. It's already happening. You can see it. And we can sell to that in the future. And that's only going to benefit us. I don't know if you saw, there was a story written in the Puget Sound Business Journal. And the headline was, this is why companies are moving from Seattle to Kansas City. Tremendous publicity. Mm -hmm. I encourage everyone to go find that. Because my organization, we placed that story. We worked with the reporter Mm -hmm. in Seattle. We couldn't pay enough money to have that placed in an ad or mm-hmm. advertorial oh, yeah. or we couldn't write it. Mm-hmm. And part of that, back to air service, Delta and Alaska are adding flights. They're upgaging the aircraft. So they're bringing in larger aircraft on that route because there's more people who are moving in between these two markets. And when you consider that T-Mobile is acquiring Sprint, it's not absolutely final yet. There's still right. approvals that have to, to be had, but it looks like that's going to, to occur. And in between Seattle and Kansas City and those, 
the headquarters of, of T-Mobile mm-hmm. and the second headquarters for the new T-Mobile will be here in Overland Park. I mean, that's tremendous. Right. Just more and more. And as we see markets like Seattle, which is a great city, right? We right. all love going to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing negative against Seattle. But there's been so much growth there. And the costs have risen so oh, it's high. Nuts. It's out of it's control. Yeah. Yeah. And the livability, I bet if you ask a lot of people who have lived in Seattle for a number of years, they'll go, this is a lot different place. Some of it's good, right. but there's a lot more challenges there. Mm-hmm. Right. And Kansas City offers an alternative to places like that that have seen tremendous explosive growth. Seattle, Portland, uh, Austin even. Mm-hmm. I was in Nashville recently. And Nashville's a cool place. Nash Vegas, right. there are a lot of neat things going on. I mean, 20 tower cranes. Okay. But it is amazingly, in my opinion, out of control. It is. Costs are out of control. The infrastructure's behind. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing. There's, there's not one affordable housing unit in downtown Nashville. Think about mm. that. Yeah. Not one. And Nashville's had a lot of success. They branded. People yeah. love it. People like going and visiting. Yeah. Um, but... Kansas City, in my opinion, I know I'm a homer, but when you come to Kansas City, man, what a cool vibe we have. Right. And you think about the the food scene here and the music scene here and the performing arts and the fact that we've got these major league sports teams and just mm-hmm. on and on and on. I mean, Nashville doesn't have that on no, us. Right. They don't. Even Seattle doesn't. You know, Seattle, we have all the advantages of a market like Seattle without the disadvantages. And that's really powerful. And that's what our customers are hearing us say now. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's resonating. We're no longer flyover country. And we, we still have that. We have a, a big, we have a big challenge yeah. because uh, how many times is, does uh, this happen to you? This experience happens to me all the time. I was in New York recently and I was talking to someone there. And I, they asked me where I was from. And I said, well, I'm from Kansas City. So within two sentences, they weren't calling that I was from Kansas City. You know what they would say? I'm from Kansas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong. I love Kansas. I live in Kansas, right? Right. But Kansas City is not plopped right in the middle of Kansas. Right. Right? Yep. So it's, it's KC. Mm-hmm. This region is half Kansas, half Missouri. It's a beautiful place. We know the topography. We know what a beautiful cosmopolitan city this is. And we need to make sure that we're raising the profile of our region in KC, which is pretty exciting. We're going to, um, to announce here very soon a complete rebrand, a regional rebrand uh, for KC, which is super cool. Our organization has stepped out in a big way and has sought a lot of input uh, from all across the region from the Association of Realtors, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, professionals there and agents have provided input to us. So we're excited uh, how the community and the region responds to that. But more importantly, how do people outside of the market respond? So yeah. next mm-hmm. time I come on, I can talk more about that. Oh, I'm excited. Cool. All right. So you, you, <laughs> If you, you invite me back. You oh, will. Will. oh, yeah. Assuming. Oh, no. Anybody that wants to come back, they're automatically on the list. <laughs> Good. Um, so you, you briefly mentioned the T-Mobile Sprint merger. What's the latest on that? Where's it at? We have, um, I mean, you know what I know, mm-hmm. reading the trades. Um, I believe it's going to happen. It has to happen. And I'm not speaking out of school, anything that any Sprint executive would tell you if mm-hmm. he or she were on your, your podcast. It has to happen for Sprint. Right. It has to happen for Sprint to survive long term. Because currently going it on, on its own, mm-hmm. it's just, it's withering away. Mm-hmm. And the best chance for Sprint uh, to compete at the level that it needs to with the other big firms and companies in that space, like Verizon and AT&T and the others, is you have to have this, this combination between T-Mobile and Sprint. And let's be clear. Yeah, it, it's a, a merger, you know, on, on it's an acquisition. Right. And, um, and I'm excited by T-Mobile's, uh, the way they do business, mm-hmm. uh, the way they market. Uh, I believe they'll come in and they'll inject some real energy into into Sprint. There's there's so much talent here. A lot of talent that's been af- affected uh, by downsizing at, at Sprint over the last you know over the last decade. Right. So there's so much talent in this region, and as um, T-Mobile and the other big telecom companies look to 
to move towards 5G mm-hmm. and that platform. The way I understand it, the way it's been explained to me, is that Kansas City has a lot of talent in that mid-spectrum area, which will be super important uh, as 5G continues to, to be rolled out. Right. Um, they can't grow. I don't believe T-Mobile can grow really any more at, at scale in Seattle for the reasons that we talked about before. Right. I mean, it's a great, Seattle's great. I love Mm -hmm. going to Seattle. It's just hard to get people to move there and plant roots. How can can you really survive there on a normal salary? Right. Right. Unless you live way outside of town and you got to spend an hour and a half, two hours, in some cases, commuting. And if you've ever been on the I-5, you know, it's it's a disaster. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they, I, I know the executives uh, at T-Mobile are looking at Kansas City and that Overland Park campus as wow, we can grow there at scale. We've got all this talent that's been impacted by downsizing at Sprint. Got a great culture there. Um, I'm excited. Good. And, Good. Um, and that's the option that we have. And for your your listeners, uh, primarily, it's it's a big deal yeah. um, because you all need sprint and that campus to right. be thriving right. and be moving people in just not selling homes and moving out right but people moving in yep well it's I, i'm not a t-mobile customer so just fyi to that but you you describe them with the word energy mm-hmm. and that's what i see when i look at that company is i see energy i just i feel it from that company even though i'm not a consumer of it it catches my eye, you know, the CEO doing his Sunday cooking right. shows in his kitchen. It's cool. fascinating to yeah. me. You know, who else is doing that? No right. one else is doing that. So energy and I bringing that energy and that vibrancy to that campus, I think, would be huge. Energy. Everywhere. I agree 100%. Energy, vibrancy. And you know what? If, you're, if your corporate color is magenta, mm-hmm. you got to have confidence. It's right? true. You got to yeah. be pretty ballsy, right? Yeah. yeah, you do. And that's and that's not a bad thing at no. all to have that. I love what Sprint, I mean. Sprint's meant so much yeah. to Kansas City, right? Uh, to Kansas, to this community uh, for a long, long time. And it, yeah, it's it's sad to see that change right. um, because the best thing for Kansas City would have been for Sprint to be in T-Mobile's position, right? Right. Right. But it didn't happen. Wasn't going to happen. Yeah. It yeah. didn't happen. Yep. So this is what we're. This is what we've got. How do we create a win-win? How do sure. we create that? Yeah. And there's a lot of people who are working their backsides off mm-hmm. uh, that go to that campus every day that are banking on this. Yep. And a lot of people have worked very hard. So we'll uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. We want it to happen. We we've got to have it. That's good. Yep. We got to have it. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Can we ask you about the hyperloop? Oh, you stole my question. Oh, no. Oh. I was going to ask about the hyperloop. And we don't, it wasn't, wasn't on the a, list. It wasn't on the list. Anything that happens <laughs> to do with Hyperloop, mm-hmm. it just, you know, you start it with cool and you end it, you know, a description. It's just cool. Cool. I mean, <laughs> and, 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 and I, you know, our members of our team are real involved and, and Ryan over at the Tech Council has been leading that and a lot of other folks in our community. They're doing a great job mm-hmm. and KCADC is, is very supportive. Um, it is the type of technology. I mean, if you think back, you know, generations ago, you know, the airplane, you know, and the automobile and what, and it just happened just like that. I mean, mm-hmm. think about right. 10 years ago, who was using an, an iPhone? You didn't have an iPhone, no. right? Right. So this technology is coming so fast. And the thing is Kansas city, that Kansas city to St. Louis route is competing with other routes in the country and around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of great work is being done. Uh, there's a blue ribbon panel that's been assembled in the state of Missouri to position both Kansas City and St. Louis to to secure that. And there's a test track that's involved with it and all sorts of uh, research and development aspects. And this is a great example of when Kansas City and St. Louis can work together. Mm-hmm. Because outside of our region... You know, we know that there's a distinction, certainly, between the two markets. Sure. Mm-hmm. But outside, the further away you get, you know, like, okay, Missouri, Kansas City, St. Louis, you know, Indy, it all kind of mixes into the same. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool that the leadership there in that community and the leadership in our region is working together through the state of Missouri to see what we can do. Um, the results of the Blue Ribbon uh, panel and task force are, are coming out very soon. So we'll, uh, we'll follow that but exciting. And for our listeners yeah. who aren't sure what a Hyperloop is, 
you want to like what what's what's the deal with the hyperloop you're you're basically moving really really fast <laughs> it's, it, i so, believe it's uh st louis to kansas city in 30 minutes it's 30 and to minutes Columbia in 15. right it's it's existing technology that's been around a long time and uh, you're going to use existing right away and the like um, but you're able to move people and and products very fast and efficiently people and, and products i you, hadn't heard you that can, you can, oh you yeah can, you can put wow. uh, you know anything on it it's it's um the the technology itself is proven mm-hmm. uh the technology is not anything new uh the challenge is going to be the timing infrastructure. the infrastructure uh to make it happen uh and again the fact that kansas city to st louis is not the only route that is being considered right but we've got a really nice head start and again a lot of people have been working very hard to uh, to see that occur I That's saw awesome. a fabulous presentation at our Missouri Realtor meetings in April, and we brought in a gentleman from um, University of Missouri who's heavily involved in the project, and he gave us all the inner workings, and it was absolutely – I think there's probably a Facebook Live you can watch. It's check it amazing out. Right. just seeing all the technology. Um, we talked earlier about the USDA, and they recently announced they're going to be moving from D.C. to here. What caused the move, and why is this so good for Kansas City? Well, uh, Other it, than the obvious. <laughs> yeah, I mean – when you think about 568 positions, and these are senior uh, researchers, uh, college degreed individuals, the average salary is about 120K. And so these individuals will be moving, or these positions will be moving from Washington, D.C. to Kansas City. And um, the final location as the t- at the time of this taping has not been announced yet, so we're still working through that. But the most important thing is that the region was selected. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that. Please. So initially, so it was about a year ago in the fall of um, 2018 that uh, the USDA came out with an RFI, an RFI request for information that turned into an RFP. There were 136 markets from across the United States that responded, been a state, region like Kansas City, individual cities, what have you, about 136. Wow. All expressed interest. And again, what we're talking about are the two really critical agencies within USDA. Right? These are the crown jewels of the USDA. NIFA, which is the National Institute of Food and Agriculture, and ERS, which is Economic Research Services. It's the very heart of what the USDA is all about. They're going to move those two agencies, it was announced a year ago, out of Washington, D.C., 136 places stepped up and said, we want to be the home. Right. So right after the holidays, they announced that uh, there had been a cut down to 60 in Kansas City as our region survived. And again, everything that my organization does, the Area Development Council, is truly regional. It doesn't matter to us if it's Kansas or Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas, you get the picture, right? right. We're regional, 18 counties in uh, both Missouri and Kansas. So 60 markets were named next in in line. So we responded to that, provided more information. We're continuing to build our case. Not not unlike anything you all do or your agents do to build a case for a buyer or a seller. Same thing, right? right, to put it in those basic terms. But we're building a case for the Kansas City region. Then uh, later on this spring, we, we were told that Kansas City was a finalist, one of three markets, Raleigh-Durham, Indianapolis, Kansas City. And there were two alternates named, St. Louis and Madison, Wisconsin. So all great places, Mm -hmm. right? So we found out, I believe it was in early May, that we were one of three, and we had a couple of weeks to put together a site visit to host the we knew that a team from USDA would be coming to Kansas City to look at everything from commercial real estate mm-hmm. options, mm-hmm. quality of life, had to build this case. Right. Um, so we did it, and I'm very proud of our team. Jill McCarthy led that for us. Kim Young on our Animal Health Corridor team led it. They did a terrific job. And one of the things that uh, Jill did, which was very smart, when she was working with a consultant representing USDA, mm-hmm. and they were based in New York, she had the opportunity to put Kansas City in the final visit position. Nice. So out of three, we were third. Yeah. 
and we laugh about it today and it was very strategic yep, on her part to do that to but we also needed we also needed the extra time to prepare right right mm-hmm. um, because there was I can't even get into it so much you can only imagine yeah so much to do right to get ready for that for sure and what was super cool and I'm just so proud of of the the region and our partners and the team um, we all came together and our organization doesn't care where you know community boundaries are right state of kansas didn't care the governor of kansas and the governor of missouri stepped up and said to the usda on that day when they came in said you know what we'd love to have you in our respective states but wherever you go we want you to be in the kansas city region so if you're not in kansas we want you in missouri governor person said if you're not missouri we want you in kansas and that's you know how powerful that is that's awesome and they're in our office making this pitch with us along with the land-grant universities president of the university chancellors of universities Uh, we had uh, a letter signed by the five land-grant universities in our region not just in kansas and missouri where there are three but iowa state and the university of nebraska their leadership signed off saying we want you in kansas city somewhere in the region that's huge unbelievable you know when you think about all the rancor and all the drama that we have to endure every day Mm -hmm. from washington Mm dc and not to get political but we know know, we're all adults here it's pretty rough right right when you think about every member of our federal delegation and in between the time that we knew that usda was coming uh, that 10-day period two weeks when we had to prepare we took a small group to washington dc we met in one room with all four of our U.S. senators, some of our House members, and they all committed there. We don't care where it goes. It didn't have to go in our district. Right. We just want it in the region. And they all signed a letter. That First is so awesome. Yeah. yeah. So this was all part of what we presented to the USDA. So when they came in and they sat down and they heard this presentation, these guys are really aligned. We told them that we're going to make it easy because we knew it would be really challenging. I mean, think about this. I mean, the people who are listening to this, they work with people every day who are moving across the country to Kansas City. Right. It's traumatic, man. You talk about anxiety, right? Yeah. If I'm going to move, I know Kip just moved, you know, around the corner. (laughs) He's around here. It looks like his hair's on Uh fire, right? (laughs) Yes. So imagine somebody, you know, comes to to you and and says, hey, you're going to move halfway across the country within you know 30 days so there's a lot of anxiety that yep. goes along with stressful that. And oh. we knew that was coming and we told the usda leadership that we would put together a team and some of your members were highly engaged and involved with that right that once you selected kansas city and again this was prior to the selection we told them in our pitch when you select kansas city you're going to have a team behind you and we'll all everybody will be excited at the announcement but you're going to need somebody to walk shoulder to shoulder with you step and step to make it right for your employees Mm -hmm. to position kansas city in the best possible way for that relocation so it came down to indy again raleigh durham in kansas city about a month later we found out that kansas city had won that wow what a that's a crazy team you had to put together i mean just so many moving parts And and i want to tell you another little anecdote about that I didn't realize this. I, I did at, at, at a surface level, but I really didn't understand the depth of the federal workforce and the federal community mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Um, there are 141, 142 federal agencies with an office in Kansas City. Wow. Kansas City is one of the larger regions in the country. And that was really our, our ace in the hole. I mean, we have a tremendous um, animal health and, and ag industry and mm-hmm. culture here. Right. So our animal health corridor initiative was, was critical. Right. And there are a lot I can go on and on of the partnership. But the we our ace in the hole was that we had two years ago created a strategy around attracting more federal mission to the region. We didn't know at that time that USDA was going to be in play. Right. But when USDA announced that they were going to be evaluating a relocation we kind of had our it's right down right. the middle for we us. Had our, yeah. We had our stuff together. Yeah. And uh, there's a gentleman that we brought on named uh, Jason Klum. He ran GSA uh, yeah. under Obama. Mm-hmm. Terrific guy. He was just promoted to colonel recently in the Air Force Reserve. 
tremendous individual. We brought him on two years ago uh, on retainer to help us basically, one, do an asset inventory of what we had in the, in the federal space, and then help us build a strategy in a case to attract that federal mission. Mm-hmm. So again, when USDA came out and said, we're going to do this, we were ready. Yeah. Um, we have a federal executive board in Kansas City. I didn't really, had no idea what that even meant. Probably a lot of people that are listening to this don't. Right. What it is, it's like a chamber of commerce for the feds. Oh. So we were able to, to bring that organization, get them involved. Um, awesome. And when it came down to it, I, I'll, I'll tell you a little, little story. Um, the USDA team, when they toured Raleigh-Durham, and if you have been to Raleigh-Durham, your listeners have been to Raleigh, great place, man. Yeah. I mean, it's a, that's a tremendous place to live. Had a lot of success. Great universities mm-hmm. there, quality of life, on and on and on. They were leaving Raleigh-Durham, and I, it was told to me later by their leadership, mm-hmm. said, yeah, we could do this here. I mean, this will work. They went to Indy, and they were driving out to the airport um, to come to Kansas City. And within their team said, this is where we're going to be. Yeah. Indy's pretty you know, impressive place. And Purdue is a tier one mm-hmm. land grant research yep. university. They came to Kansas City, and this is what we're experiencing all the time. We blew them away. They were blown away with what they saw, what they heard, even what they tasted, right? <laughs> they really immersed themselves in that 36 hours that we had them. We changed the narrative. And there we are. Okay? So that's what we can do. Our challenge is getting people here. We're the underdog. Right. And then underdog, and I, I want to be top dog someday, yeah. right? Yeah. But right now, we, we, work, we work very hard, mm-hmm. and we talk about on our team, you know, Kansas City, Kansas City's been a great place for a long time. We love yeah. it here, right? Um, but a lot of people outside of our world, outside of our geography, mm-hmm. unless they have experience here, don't really know anything about Kansas City. Yeah. So getting them here, knowing that we've got a great product, but let's be honest, there's a lot of associations of, of realtors across the country, right, in every major market. And if we were representing Dallas or Indy or Denver, mm-hmm. they all say that's the greatest, you know, their community sure. is the greatest right. place, right? And they should say that. Right. The thing is, there. Are, my point is, there's a lot of wonderful places to live and do business in our country. And everybody's really proud about that. I mean, right. because we're in the U.S. Yeah. There's, right. there's, it's pretty equal when it comes to that. Um, that process that our team and our partners, and I talk about KCADC, I'm proud of our core team, right. but our team is really 18 counties, both states, every one of the economic development organizations, the chambers, those that are involved with the workforce, higher education, the private sector, the real estate community, mm-hmm. all of them working together. We describe KCADC as a coalition of the willing. I mean, that's truly I what it, it is. It's a coalition of the willing. And if we can get somebody here, if we can get a company or their uh, advisor to Kansas City, our chances of closing that, winning, go way up. Yeah. Because I think we control and we handle the process as well as anybody. That's so awesome. Tim, this has been an awesome conversation. I want to go buy like more Kansas City. I love Kansas City t-shirts now. I know. I like one every day. (laughs) Stay tuned. Is that, that a part of the rebrand? Bring, bring, bring me, yeah. We'll wait You're for the rebrand. Bring, bring me, bring me back. I will. And let me talk about that because that is so cool. I, I'd love to get into it right now, and I, yep. and I probably could, but I know we don't have time. Right. But that is, I am so excited about what we're doing with the rebrand because it's authentic. It's really who we are. And the individuals who you mentioned that are involved mm-hmm. with, you know, the right. heart, you know, yeah. Casey Hart yep. have been tremendous. Bring me back next time and let me talk about how that all came about. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much for coming today. We really appreciate it. And I think this is great information for our members. And we Thank cannot you. wait to have you back again. And I, I tell you, I appreciate everything that you all do. Uh, KCRAR has been a longtime investor of KCADC. And I know a lot of your agents out there. And I appreciate what you all do because truly you all are at the very front line. You're the tip of the spear. So when we have individuals and companies that are evaluating Kansas City, the experience that they have with your members is absolutely critical to our ability ultimately as a region to win or lose. So thank you to all of the folks listening. And thank you to you. You make us look good, too. All right. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you. See you. Thanks, Tim.